0: And so it begins. In such a noisy, crowded world, how do we find our lanes? How do we mine our pain points for their most beautiful lessons? How do we use our talents to create the change we still believe in? Welcome to The School for Disruptors, a weekly podcast hosted by Drs. Kimberly McLan and Sarah Goulish. Each episode dives into real, vulnerable conversations about self-awareness, self-definition, and of course, all kinds of disruption. Let's find our audacity. Let's bloom.
1: So we talked about self-love last week, Yeah, we self-love and how we need to... Have an understanding of that before we can offer it to other people, and I think a lot of that we learn through our family, like how we care for ourselves, how we care for others. Um, but I like the idea of jumping into friendship and well, the love friend, love well, of friends. Yeah,
0: we can let's do that. Okay, let's do that, and then maybe next time on love part twelve, romance, <laughs> romance, or maybe family love, or not, or like chosen family love. I don't yeah. know. We'll see how this one evolves. I think friends are a chosen family. I think friends are absolutely our chosen family. Family. I'm looking
1: something up right now. Yeah, no. thing. I
0: th- when I think about this idea of of um, this notion of friendship, is so right for me right now. Just given like some of the storming that's been happening in my life, and the idea that we that if we're lucky, the universe sends us this constellation of stars to light the way when everything seems dark is mm. so so generous of it. And I'm really thinking about that, that notion of, like, how people, um, through friendship, can give us all the things that we need to, to mature and to persevere and to evolve in ways that, that nothing else can, that philosophy can't, that nature can't, that art can't, um, that only human beings can through, like, just being tender with you. Mm, I love that.
1: Um, have you heard of the concept of the four loves before?
0: I think I have, but I don't know that I know it. Okay, well,
1: um, so in the Greek language, four different words for love, and I know this because it's something just growing up in the church was talked about a lot in terms of scripture, like, which love are we talking about in this passage, and when it says love in English, it actually has a very specific Greek word that's attached to it, and they all have different meanings. And there's a really good book called The Four Love Set.
0: That's I've seen it. I know the cover has, like, the four. It's got quadrants on the front, mm-hmm. maybe?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you
0: got it at home? I think I do. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll get it for you. <laughs> someone has it. <laughs> um, so there's four different loves. I might be mispronouncing this. So sorry to all my Greek family. Um, storage or storgi, Um, It's liking someone through the fondness of familiarity. So that's, like, the empathy bond that you can have with someone. Philia is the friendship bond, which is what we're talking about today. Is the love between friends as close as siblings in strength and duration? So it's interesting you talked about family love. Um, Eros is romantic love. So that idea of like being in love, loving someone. And then agape is unconditional love. This is called like the God love. So the love that exists regardless of changing circumstances.
0: It's a, lot to it's a lot to digest.
1: It's a lot to digest. I know. Good morning. <laughs> 6 a.m. Here's four different loves, but I think, just like you, when we went into curve courage, you were diving into other languages to get a stronger understanding. I think it's helpful to do that with love too, because we just have one word, and it falls so short in expressing how these loves are different.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more that it falls so short. Of, of capturing something that's so robust and a word that, because of it, it's so it means so much. It's come to in some ways means so little. Yep. You know, I think of the way people say, "We I love coffee. I love, you know, these these, these things that are not human," and mm-hmm. and where that falls short of allowing us to even have an accurate a relationship with the what, what we're communicating when we say love. Um,
1: My dad wouldn't let us say that when we were kids.
0: That you love stuff like yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was either my dad or my grandfather, but I remember being told like, "You like things, you love people." Oh wow! I wasn't allowed to say like, oh,
0: "I love this pizza." Wow, wow, interesting. Is that funny? It is funny, and I do think while it may like listening to it, it sounds like it might have been a restrictive, um, a restrictive like, maybe even I would imagine sometimes it felt like you are really tripping right now. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm just trying to communicate that I'm really feeling this slice. Like, I love You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really feeling this spice. <laughs> I'm really feeling this slice. But I do think oh you're on the other side of it that I – and I'm this might be this English major in me – that I do think there's something really important about precision of language. And, yeah. and we only learn precision of language when someone tells us you don't use that word this way. Mm-hmm. That word is best used this way. You know?
1: Well, it's interesting when we talk about, like, friendship versus romantic because I know there's so much weight on – the first time you tell someone you love them when you're in that romantic relationship. But I think there sometimes can be similar weight to saying it to a friend. I don't know. I Maybe this is a good place to start, but, like, love you or love ya via text.
0: Oh, my God, that used to get on my nerves so much.
1: Really? Yeah. What about that?
0: I felt like it was like a removal of the eye was, in, was a way of being unavailable.
1: Ooh. I need to think about that. Yeah, it feels casual. It feels like a way to show affection without having commitment.
0: Right. But I I think it also depends on context, mm-hmm. right? Like all communication exists in the context of like who's saying it, what do you want from right, them, what right. can they give you, what do you think they can give you? And, and even when it's your friends, you still you're listening to figure out what are they, what do they have, what are they available <laughs> to offer you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there have been times where a friend has said to me, I love you, and it feels really intense. It does
0: feel really intense with that eye in front. Yeah. Well, and it also depends on, too, if that's, again, if that's a friend where you're just like, I don't know if I can give you back what you're giving me. <laughs>
1: like, I don't know if we feel the same way about <laughs> this, laugh Bridget. was so awkward. You're like, <laughs> that's how I feel when you say that, because I've definitely been in that situation.
0: I no, I, I felt it a little bit of like the, the cringy of the past. Like
1: all the memories mm-hmm, coming back,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And I certainly have friends like that where I would, where they would say... I love you, and I'm like, ooh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to. I don't feel. It. I know what you're trying to communicate, and I don't have that to give to you. Yeah, yeah. It's awkward.
1: Well, so what do you think? I mean, what does it look like to love a friend, or what does? How does love show up in friendship for uh, you?
0: I I like that notion of the agape. I think that as I as I as I like grow in my my own personal commitment to loving on people, like of making my life sacred, like mm-hmm. aspiring to make my life sacred, of using that 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 drive to figure out how to maybe be more selective about who I love really, really richly. But for me in Friendly Love, it's like the, the commitment to being reliable, like mm-hmm. for people and being thoughtful and being quiet and um, going out, you know, like, just showing up. I think that that's like, it's just, and showing up even when I think that the people who I wanna show up for aren't as able to show up for me, mm-hmm. but but not not using it as like a tit for tat thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, if I got it, I, it's yours. Mm-hmm. And if you got it, then it'll be mine and it's cool. It'll come back, you know, like, it's like a, I don't know, it was interesting, like uh that's, it's, it's this, I, I think I'm aspiring in friendships to deep reciprocation and mutuality. hmm Yeah, I think,
1: one of the things when we were talking about talking about love and friendship love, it made me think of how I wish I wish more weight was put on how we love friends at a young age. and maybe it is in different circles, but I think at least in our culture, oh. there's so much weight put on like finding them finding your mate and finding the one and being fulfilled by their love. and it's such it's such a messed up idea that all we need in the world is one person. Um, I don't think that's how we're built as humans. And I think what happens, at least what I see with our teens and then how I felt at that age was this feeling of like pouring so much mental and emotional energy into this future abstract person versus really digging into my relationships that I was in at the present and like learning to love through those relationships, because really the majority of my relationships now are not romantic relationships. <laughs> they are deep friendships, and that is so sustaining. And so I think um, love doesn't get attached to friendship enough, at least in my experience growing up.
0: Yeah, I was, I was, this last night I was reading this book by Cartole. He's a German by nationality philosopher. and The book is called. Um, of course you were. Of, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, you know, like, I don't know when I'm like trying to make sense of all the things. I I'm, love not, I'm it. either watching Andy, clearly I'm watching documentaries. Like <laughs> Andy Warhol and then this philosopher. That, that is what I was doing, y'all. It's true, this true story. I love it. Um, anyways, <laughs> the book is called um, Stillness Speaks. Really short, super short book. Um, and a lot of it is just like these, philosoph- these statements, he's a philosopher. And one of the things that this book really comments on is this notion that the only place we can ever be is the now. You know, like even when we're, when we're time traveling in the past, when we're talking about our, our, the events that have happened in our lives, we're pushing ourselves and oftentimes from a place of, of fear into, into a, a, a re- recollection of something that we can never really actually get back again. He talks about when we talk about the future and we're, we're thinking in our minds about the future, that produces anxiety, that again, removes us from the only place that ever exists, which is now. Like mm-hmm. now is the only time that we have. That mm-hmm. this is the only real moment is the now. And I think that as I think about how to, how to be a better friend. I need to like... Let that marinate. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's it. There's nothing else about, there's nothing else that you can experience with any, with any, you can't experience even the now. With a full degree of accuracy, unless you understand that in the now, you are connected to everything else in the now. It's it's, it's like even deeper than that. Like it's only right now. My eyes are bugging out right now. (laughs) Everything else is a fiction. Yeah. And it's either, it's either, it's typically it's a fiction that's creating either more fear or more anxiety. Can I interject? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to do with love, but I just Mm -hmm. wrote
1: a blog post on anxiety for my company last week and was talking about this very thing because of something else I was listening to. But this idea, it kind of blew my mind and it wasn't that radical, but this idea that anxiety um, means we're not in present danger. Because if we were in present danger, we would be dealing with the danger. We'd have no choice but to do it. Right. We would be fleeing, we'd be fighting, we would be freezing. Right. But this idea that anxiety is the ideation of what has been or what is to come. And then that's why meditation and coming to the present can be so powerful to combat those things. To disrupt them. To disrupt them. Um, Hearing you say that now, yeah, it's just, it's getting my wheels turning about. Even just the sensation of what we're experiencing.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. So so when I think about what it means to be a better friend, to be Mm -hmm. a truer friend it really means pursuing being in shared space with someone in the now. Mm. Like making the most of the time that you have with someone else, not from a perspective of like, wow, you're gonna die or I'm gonna die. But just that like, that the only thing that we can really actually maximize is figuring out how to be right where we are. Mm -hmm. And if we invest our time as two humans trying to show up for each other precisely where we are, we are doing the best possible work we can ever do. There is no work outside of that. Mm. Yeah. And that's why, and that's and, and at the same time I use the word work because we're so conditioned to move away from the now that the work is trying to be to finding someone else who is aspiring like you to be present with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Girl, that's a lot.
1: <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna put this out here and then I'm gonna sit back because I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it kind of goes back to what I was saying, which is we put so much pressure on this future concept of connection. Um, I think this is something I've struggled with in some of my friendships um, is just, you know, someone who's been married at a very young age has a partnership that is a friendship. I would consider him to be a best friend. Um, And at the same time, he's still my husband and I feel like I've had relationships where people have said like well you have that so maybe you don't understand and and that could be true but it's not that's not the end of my world like Brandon is not the end of my world it's not like he can be a friend to me in every way I need a friend at all and so my friendships are so important to me and um yeah, I think we just we we don't put enough weight on the love that we have in friendships and how it sustains us in our humanity.
0: Yeah, and I think that the thing that makes maintaining those friendship bonds challenging sometimes is is that just as well, I should say this. When we talk about these notions of biological family, there's a presumption that we're stuck with them forever. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to friends, there's a presumption that we do get to choose. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that makes preserving those bonds of friendship hard is that sometimes in the in the, in the the beauty that is choice, we choose to move away from something. And it's not necessarily because, you know, we're thinking two things, I think. We're thinking it doesn't serve our future self. We're thinking it creates anxiety about our present selves. And then we look back and we say, you know, like that stopped serving me a long time ago. And I've been committed to a memory of what was and not actually a an honesty about what is in the now. And and I think that that's, that's the other thing about seeking these bonds and releasing these bonds that in friendship become a part of the challenge of love.
1: Yeah, and friendship breakups can hurt as much, if not more than romantic breakups.
0: Yeah. I've, I've done that a couple of times and it is a few times actually people who you think in one moment are gonna be your friends forever you know or you meet them in a, in a season in your life where what you share with them is so emotionally intense that you think it's gonna be it's like wow that's gonna this is gonna last mm-hmm. this, you're gonna be like an anchor in my life and then you're like nah actually you were just in that in that season of my life I think in that way it's the same thing as romantic relationships friends show up for seasons or for reasons it doesn't mean they're gonna be there for forever and I think the better that we get about figuring out our own internal matrix for when a friendship is serving us and when it's actually harming us or when it's no longer you know, pushing us, propelling us towards our own potential, then it's time to recalibrate and reimagine.
1: Yeah, and I think there's friendships that fizzle out and friendships that have actual breakups. Yeah, girl. <laughs> it's funny, I wrote <clears throat> a couple of breakup songs. <laughs> I write more breakup songs than love songs, which is funny, Hilarious. having been in a committed relationship for so long. But I wrote a few friendship breakup songs last year because I was feeling, and I think a lot of people felt it during the pandemic. Our entire world shift shifted, our circles shifted, our spaces shifted. I had a lot of students tell me that, that one of the biggest outcomes of the pandemic was their friend groups completely changed once they weren't in the shared space every day and they started figuring out, like, who do I actually want to keep in touch with and keep contact with? And so I think, you know, I've definitely experienced relationships where they've sort of fizzled out and I can recognize this served me for the time and I'm grateful for it. And then there's others that have ended and I look back on it and there's pain. It's not it's not um, all roses. Right. <laughs> there's definitely some pain there. And... There's sometimes those questions. I don't know if you feel this way, but I'll see someone or something will pop up online, and I'm like, man, should I reach out to that person? Like, should I, if I have pain over how things ended, should I make things right with them? Doesn't matter anymore. I still struggle with that with some relationships.
0: No, that makes sense. No, I recently broke up with a friend. After it, we were friends for maybe like oh, I don't know, 20 years, a long time. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I realized that. I don't even know if the word friends is that we were, we knew each other. We were like, it was like we had a lot of, a lot of history together. Mm-hmm. But I realized that there was a lot of, I, I felt that there were a lot of expectations. I mean, we have expectations of our friends. Yeah. I felt like there were a lot of expectations of me that I would just, was not interested in being available for. Mm-hmm. And then I realized too, that like our interests had become, were so unaligned that it was like, what are we? And what, how, what are we connecting over, like, we, besides the history, mm-hmm. besides, like, shared people and, you know, like, besides that, like, that's not really about, like, me and you. That's just, like, the fact that we've know, we have history together. And then it became, like, yeah, I don't really think that – I think that there's a story that you're creating of, of how I'm going to show up. It's not the story I want to – I don't want that story. Mm-hmm. So it was just, like, yeah, I'm good on it. Yeah. And, and did you have a conversation? Uh, there was a, like, There was, like, a back and forth. Is that texting, based on how you're moving your hands? uh, No, it was not texting. It was, yeah, no. It was like- DMing. It was DMing. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say that because it seems so disrespectful. But it is what it is. I'm like, you're moving your thumbs. I know. Shut up, Sarah. (laughs) Um, yeah, no. They, they what ended up happening, like the, the breaking point was they, This is so, sounds so silly, but I don't know. Whatever. I think it's good to put out there though, because this is real. It's real. They sent me a a picture of like a. I mean, like a. They DM me um, something from like TikTok or whatever, and I didn't like the the content that they were communicating. They were trying to communicate with me via a TikTok. Okay. Right. So they were like, there was something they wanted to say, and they saw something on TikTok. And I said, really, TikTok is the reason why we're not friends no more. We get to the floor, it. But... <laughs> and then they sent the TikTok, and I was just like, "You're you popping off right now?" And I'm really not. I don't even care enough about this to even to even like do anything with it. And the fact that you sent this to me, it affirms we're not the same. So you know what? While we're in this 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 DM space, let's just keep it here. I'm good. This was this was good. I wish you well. I send you all the things that you need. Everything you just did right now, I'm good on it. I'm good on all of it. So, yeah, that's great. Have a good, you know. It was that was it. And I and yeah, no, I I still send I still send her love and light, and I hope her family's well. I love her family. They just I care about them so much. But mm-hmm. as far as she goes, yeah, no, I'm just it's, I just we outgrew, I I outgrew that dynamic, and mm. and I don't think that there was much space for that to happen. So I had to go.
1: This is something about circumstantial friends and I don't mean circumstantial in a trite way like very deeply circumstantial people we grow up with people who are there for our childhood people who are children who are children yeah who you know shape who we are as humans and and then we get to different stages of life and that's really hard and and I can remember being on the other end of that too like seeing friends having kids or moving on to a new stage that I was not in yet and feeling left behind because our connection changed. And recognizing that that's okay, you know, that that's normal and it's natural. And I think when it happens sort of for the first time in a big way, it can be really destabilizing. And then the older you get, the more you realize, yeah, like we we were circumstantial friends. Had we not been in this place at this time, we would not have developed a friendship. And thank goodness we were, because it served us well. It's but it does so not well. serve us anymore. Yeah,
0: and that's exactly what it is. I think about that friendship with her, and she was so helpful in helping me to just, like, navigate so many transitions in my life. And then I think we, we just, it's like climbing a mountain. You just reach a top, right, reach a point where you're like, this isn't actually a plateau. This is just the climax. So there's nowhere else. And, and, and when I think about what comes for me next, whatever that might be, which I'm really not even all that I have no anxiety about, because I have no anxiety about it, I actually can release you because I don't feel even feel like you're gonna serve whatever the future holds for me. Yeah. And that's that's really what it comes down to. And it's just like you, and I think too, the other thing is like when friendships start to cause you, when maintaining friendships causes you more stress than, than more comfort, that is like a marker of just like, y- this is just stressful. Like I don't, yeah. I'm not even enjoying, why am I, I'm doing this to maintain something because it's always existed, that's dumb. I don't I don't have energy for that. So as it were, I'm it's easy it was actually easy for me to let it go I think because and I think for friendships it's this is a this is a sign maybe that when they start to cause you more anxiety to maintain then that may be a sign that your energy is better used by just releasing them yeah yeah and
1: the anxiety to maintain and also just the misalignment. Yes. You know, on so many things and not just political misalignment or but really misalignment on who Energy. who you want to be. Yeah. And and also I think this idea of reciprocity, you know, you talked about that in the beginning, but I think that's something that I didn't do a good job of because I'm a fixer and so I've found myself in a lot of friendships where I'm the I'm just always trying to fix the person and they're always trying to be fixed and it does not feed me at all it's completely one-sided and I've really had to try and weed some of those relationships out or at least give them less energy and receive them for what they are and realize like this is not a true friendship in the way that I desire you know this is not reciprocal but if I feel like I have the space and capacity to show up for this person in this capacity, then I will. But I don't want to have any expectations that it's going to be more than that because no. history shows it has not been, and maybe for this person it can't be.
0: Yeah, I, I completely get that, and I think that it's, it's, it's challenging when – your personality, even you, I think about the word fixer, you use the word fixer, I think about the word healer. Mm. Like when you are, because of your empathy, <clears throat> like you naturally are always, think, you are, you're always seeing how people are feeling. Like in there, you know, like as a, if we've been, I've, I've been teaching for 20 years. Mm-hmm. My, my job has been to, to do temperature checks all the time yep. on other people's feelings. And the reality too is, I think working with teenagers made it even more, help, even more of like a awareness in adults because so many of us don't actually evolve outside of our teenage selves.
1: Yeah. Right? Like we that's just, so true. We
0: never move out of that space. So when talking to people, I'm oftentimes still trying to heal their teenage selves. Yeah. <laughs> um, in in the All most day. Loving way. Every day. Yes. We it, do the same work. Yes. Yeah. And all across the ways, right? In the most loving way. Like not condescending, not cruel, not, you know. Um, but in, but with an awareness that this mm-hmm. is oftentimes a state of things. And I think that what that does result in is, like, a need to be continuously revisiting
1: mm-hmm.
0: what is the give-get, right? And, like, in the spirit of love and patience and humility and gentleness and, and grace um, and acceptance, is there an, a, a balance of a give-get? And that, that does take being present in the now, checking the vibes, you know, like, really re- realizing in real time Not trying to do the replay, not trying to do the fast forward. What is happening in our dynamic? And I think when we sit in our friendships from that space of what is happening now, we're better able to build things and to maintain things that do serve us. I think I need to do a better job
1: doing that. I I need to do a better job really drilling down what are the – right now, what are the essential relationships in my life – that I need to nurture because I do find myself spread so thin in relationships where I am giving to 30 different relationships at all times and I can't give with the depth that I would like to to some of those relationships and so yeah I think I have some gardening work to do
0: yeah no that's real I think I do too, I think, and I think that part of it is also, um, I think for me, I like the idea of, I've, I've, I've found that there is something really beautiful about having a garden, going back to that metaphor, that's populated by a variety of plants that mm-hmm. all have different care plans. Mm-hmm. You know, like some, some plants need to be tended to every day, mm-hmm. and that's the person who sends a text every day. And there are some plants that need only like a little bit of sun or a little bit of water, and and those are important to have in the garden too. I think that one of the things I really want to work on right now is that idea of like we are here now. What are what are how are we connecting now? Mm-hmm. And and trying to like pull back from for me, which is as oftentimes not future based. I mean, past based thinking. It's future based thinking, mm. and I think that that pullback hopefully will allow for for me to better even just make sense of whether a dynamic is working or not. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we tell the kids about friendship? <sighs> if, between you know like real true platonic friendship.
1: Yeah, and the love that happens between it. Yes. I would tell the kids to I I mean that friendship love is super important and that it it matters how they show up in love the friends that they have in their life. And then it also matters how they show up and receive love and just to know that they deserve to be treated in a way that they also want from any type of relationship. So kind of going back to this idea of romantic love, um, especially for adolescents and thinking about future romantic relationships, I think I want to tell the kids that what they crave in that, you know, future thinking romantic relationship, a lot of it can be found in friendship, not all of it, but a lot of the connection and community and belonging, um, being seen, being heard can be found in friendship and that spending their time cultivating true friendships that make them feel seen and heard and cared for, not judged, anxious, because I do think we have a lot of our kids who just stay in these relationships that make them feel so awful because they don't see a life where they can be out of that friendship. And so I want to tell the kids that you can make choices to surround yourself with people who will love you well. And it might be hard,
0: but it will be worth it. Yes to all of that. I want to tell the kids that you know when when we try to hold on to things and people, right? specifically people, when we try to hold on to people who are not able to give us what we know that we need, we do ourselves more harm than good. Because what we do is we're populating a space that could be filled with the light that we need with it with something that actually is a is a cloud. And when you when you're intentionally filling your sky with clouds, you are the person that's stopping the sunlight from getting in. Mm. So we have to be able to let people go. Um, And I think part of it too is we all, I want to tell the kids that in all of these friendships, there's always room for evolution because we are not in fact static. So right, we have to be able to give space. um, And as we're asking for it, I want to read a little bit from a poem that I wrote this week. Um, Sometimes poetry is the only way that I can tell stories the way that I want to tell them, like the teasing and the 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 disassembly of of an experience, and then the reimagining of an experience. Poetry is the way that I try to reposition myself. And and in thinking about this notion of friendship and a a friendship that is in transition, this is what I wrote. This piece is called, I, I Come in Peace. I hope we can be as friends. As he discovers more trust and more compassion and more courage, as he heals. As I discover more trust and more compassion and more courage, as I heal accepting that healing is not linear, accepting that with patience relationships can evolve, accepting that evolution is not defeat. I want to walk once again with him along the shore, to talk with him as our faces find the warmth of the sun, to be silent with him as we learn to float. I want to walk again with him through the grass, to sit barefooted beneath the clouds near him, going nowhere in shared company, no agenda beyond being present, beyond being witnesses to one another. Because I care about him so, because so much has already been laid bare because I'm not ready to lose the friend from my life because I want him in it as he is because I because I want peace and so I come seeking and offering acceptance and reciprocation truth and trust I want to tell him I come in peace and when I think about what you know that's that's the end of that of that particular of, of like a meditation in this poem that I wrote this week I think that friendship is really about creating space to allow people to be seen the way they want to be seen and to give them the grace to reimagine themselves because that's what we that's what friends have the potential to do, to heal us and to to help us and to sit with us as we aspire to something beyond what, what is the now, right? With a lot of love for the now and a lot of optimism for for the future and not anxiety about it, right? So there's that. Yeah, I think we'll end it there. Mm-hmm.
1: School for Disruptors is recorded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's engineered and produced by us with music by the work O'Shea. You can catch up with O'Shea at It's Pronounced O'Shea on Instagram. And you can catch up with us there at School for Disruptors. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, recommendations, or just want to tell us what stood out to you about the show, please send us an email, theschoolfordisruptors at gmail.com. And thanks for being here.